Hello and welcome back to the Baggies podcast, where, of course, we're giving you all the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. We are back again today with another episode and the final episode of the regular 2021-22 season. On this week's show, we'll be reacting to the Barnsley victory in the sunshine, of course, and looking ahead to those all-important summer plans for the club. But before we crack on and introduce this week's guest, make sure you subscribe on your podcast platform or YouTube Wherever you're listening from, it's great to have you on board. But on this week's episode, we're joined by content creator and Albion fan, Aaron Flower. Aaron, welcome to the show. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. It's it's great to have you on. I mean, you're the only uh, other West Brom fan on the on my university course, I think that that's fair to say. It was pretty pretty hard to to find another one, but we found you. How did you kind of get into supporting Albion? Well, yeah, um, well, like first to be on on the uh, on the being the only other one in the course. I think uh, our course has got a big problem with armchair armchair fans. Yeah, and, uh, a lot everyone's... of pre- lot of Premier League fans in there, <laughs> aren't there? There's uh, yeah, there's so many Chelsea fans, Man United fans. I think we've we've got an Arsenal fan who's actually from North London, which is uh, oh wow, which is quite rare in our class. Um, so he's allowed to pass, but not for the rest of them. But yeah, um, sort of. It's quite it's quite standard how I got into the Albion. Basically, my dad's. I'm not from um, the black country myself, but uh, my dad was born and raised in in Bearwood, um, where half of my family still lives. And you know, I basically ever since I could could walk, I was basically going down the Hawthorns with him. Um, you know, obviously some of the best times uh, during during that era. You know, we were in the championship a lot, but yeah, we were always good uh, in the championship. And then when we were in the Premier League, we'd obviously be playing the big boys. It was always good fun. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's basically it. I'm, I live in Coventry now. I lived in Coventry all my life, but we'd always travel up for the games. And, uh, and yeah, I've, I've, been, I've, I've been lucky. You know, I've seen some really good players, seen some really good teams. You know, it's, it's seemingly on on the bit of the downhill now. You know, I've, I've, I've seemingly had, had had my fun with uh, with all those good teams, but yeah, hopefully we'll we'll get back get back where we belong. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely the same. I'm very lucky to have seen a, a very high standard Albion in the Championship and also a, a pretty decent one in the Premier League as well. But I can imagine Aaron this season doesn't rank very highly in in your uh, sort of estimations in comparison with. With what uh, what you've witnessed previously, how does it kind of compare to to to, to your other seasons um, supporting uh, Albion? Yeah, I think it's it's a strange one because at the moment, you know, without trying to be too harsh on on the team and then the squad, there's not really any players who I who I look at and I sort of admire. You know, I'm obviously I'm past the stage when I'm a kid and I I look up to all the players as my heroes, mm-hmm. but. You know, there's no there's no real players in the squad at the moment who I look at and think, oh, I really I love this player. You know, I love the, the fact that they're at my club. Um, they're really good. You know, they care about. You know, they they want to play for the for the Albion. Um, and there's there's just no one in the squad at the moment who, 
you know, who really gets me excited. And that's, it's quite sad, really. But I'm, of course, I'm always going to be, you know, excited to watch the team and excited to, you know, get down to Hawthorns and, and experience that atmosphere. But I think at the moment, there's, there's, there's just so much a disconnect between the, the fans and the players. And, you know, that's, that's never really been the case as long as I've been supporting. There's always been a quite a good relationship between fans and supporters, even when we've not been doing so well. Um, so, yeah, it's disappointing to see, but, you know, I'm, uh, I'd consider myself quite an optimistic fan. You know, I'm still still excited for next season, even though I don't <laughs> think we'll be that good. Um, but, yeah, it's just, I think we, the, the obviously the major major talking point is the, the squad overhaul, which is massively needed. Um, but we just, we just need to get players in who want, want to be at the club, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose the season itself started off quite nicely uh, in, in comparison to, I suppose, what we've had to, to look at through the sort of mid-stage of it towards the end. And uh, we thought it was going to be, well, perhaps another one of those special championship campaigns about well, probably about eight games into it, we were we were up flying in the automatic promotion spaces, but things have taken a bit of a turn, obviously under under both Ishmael and Bruce. Um, how have you kind of perceived the season as a whole and and where we are now in the league? I, I can imagine, well, as as every Albion fan is, I think we're, we're all pretty disappointed with what is now uh, the lowest finish in the league since uh, 99, uh, 2000 season, which is, which is quite a long time ago. So nearly, well, probably about 22 years ago, we, we, we finished obviously a bit lower than this, but it's our lowest finish since then. I can imagine that you're very disappointed and as, as am I, to be honest. Yeah, it's, um, I think we started off, we started off nicely and, you know, watching us during those early stages of the, of the season, it looked like it was going to be sort of the, you know, the free scoring um, side that we saw under Billich um, a couple of years ago. But I think teams just sussed us out really, really quickly after about seven, eight, nine games. People realised that if you just let us have the ball, sit back, let us have the ball and we can't do anything with it because we've not got the creative players, we've not got the quality in the midfield and, you know, going forward to create enough chances. And we we got success when teams tried to play against us and teams tried to control possession. But as soon as teams realised, hey, we don't, we, if we just let them have the ball and play them on the counter, they have no, they have no plan B. You know, they, there's no, they, they can't create anything. You know, if we just have a decent defensive performance, then we'll beat them. And I think, and then I think as soon as we started to lose a couple of games, I don't know um, if the squad sort of started to turn on Ismail. And from there, you know, we, we just never recovered. And we never got we never got back that goal scoring ability that a squad of this nature, you know, we have a it's not a Premier League squad, obviously it's not, but players who play have played in the Premier League and sort of Semi held their own in the Premier League, should have should have been doing a lot better. But I think I just with his mail and they just sort of gave up in the end. And we after that, you know, even though we could have still made the playoffs up until like a few a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. it just never looked like we wanted it that much. So it, it, it was a real shame in the end. 
because as you said, like the start of the season was good. But <clears throat> yeah, just really disappointing from from a, the fans' perspective. And you know, it's it's turned sour in the end with the like I was on about the relationship between the players and the fans. And you know, it's 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 no it's no wonder it's turned like that because they've been horrendous this season. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's been really difficult to watch at times. But I suppose yesterday's win, Aaron, gives us a, a little bit of hope. As you said, you're quite optimistic. I think I think I am as well. I, I try my best to put a positive spin on it, which admittedly has been an impossible task at times this season. But uh, 4-0 against Barnsley, it was a it was a great, great end, really, to, to what is a shambolic, what has been a pretty shambolic season. And the joint biggest win of the campaign as well, looking back to the 4-0 win at Sheffield United against Sheffield United at the Hawthorns earlier on in the season, which seems just light years away from 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 yesterday's game. But of course, it was it was a pretty nice way to end, and obviously getting a few goals. It was it was it was a good one to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's always nice to see the see the lads win, even though even if it's not not uh, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. You know, it's always it's you know it's always brightens up your weekend when you win. You know, because you care so much about it, um, and yeah, it's been a it's been a shambles of a season. But you know, it's it's. I think we've got to put that behind us now. We've, like I said, it, it's going. It's a long time ago, but we have had worse seasons, and we we should have done so much better. But you know, it's time to time to go forward now. Lose a couple of players, bring in a couple of players. Like I said, who want to be here. Um, but yeah, it's ending the season on a couple of wins, a couple of clean sheets. It's just it's, it's just a nice feeling. Gets you, you know, gets you through the week. Um, and yeah, I think I think we played well. Um, didn't play so well against Reading, but um, you know, it was a good defensive performance against Reading. And then and then yesterday, we, um, yesterday was really really good. I think players were playing with a bit of fun. You know, you could see a few smiles on their faces, which we haven't seen pretty much at all this season. You know, um, but yeah, it's nice. I think there was there were a couple of standout players. I think Dean Garner, you know, was showing a bit of confidence, which we haven't seen from him. You know, pretty much for like for about two years now. So I think if we can have him playing with a bit of confidence next season, bring a couple of players in. You know, if DK if DK comes back and. Impresses, you know. I think, you know, we could be we could be well up there if if it's managed correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Dean Garner. I'm sure we'll come on to because, as you said, he he did look a little bit like the sort of Dean Garner that that took us up uh, along with Pereira that year. But Bruce made two changes to to the side that beat Reading in, in that final away game of the season, which was which, as you said, was a quite a solid defensive performance and. I know it's only one nil, but it, it felt like it could have been a, a, a little bit more than that. But he, he did make a little bit of a, a strange decision, I suppose, for some, which was Matt Clark going in at left back. Um, maybe Donna Furlong coming into the side wasn't as strange, but Matt Clark at left back was was quite an interesting choice because uh, it's not a position he's played for Albion before. Obviously, we know he's a left-sided defender normally uh, on the left of that back three, typically throughout the season, but. Uh, he, yeah, he, he, just, he opted to bring him in maybe over Zach Ashworth, who I think was pretty impressive against Reading when he came off the bench and uh, at half time for Connor mm. Townsend. But yeah, I, I suppose some would have liked to have seen a lot more youth coming in from the start. Um, is that something maybe you'd have want to, wanted to see, or, or were you pretty pretty pleased with with what Bruce put out um, in the end? 
I thought I thought it was a little bit peculiar, especially the decision to put Clark at left back was a really weird one. I thought um, instead of Ashworth, who, like you said, did did play quite well against Reading when he came on. Um, but yeah, really odd that one because Clark, you know, you can see in the way. You know, obviously we won the game four 0 and he scored, mm. so you can't yeah have any problems <laughs> with his, his performance. But you could tell you could tell he is not a natural left back <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. You know, he he, might, he got. A couple of people took the ball around him, um, and yeah, it's just a, it was just an odd one, and and that was and it seems like a feature of of Bruce is that he's he doesn't really want to give the youth a chance, and because it because it was we're so late in the season, and because we're not playing for anything, it's, it is a strange. I think it's a strange call to to not have any real youth in the team. Even you know, even Gardner Hickman was dropped. Yeah, yeah, which I really didn't understand um but then again i think i think it's steve bruce maybe trying to suss out who of the senior players is good enough to stay yeah if you see what i mean it's because obviously he's going to be trying to get rid of a few of them who are on bigger contracts um and who aren't you know who aren't playing well enough to to earn those those contracts at the moment i think i think what he's trying to do is just establish you know who he wants to keep and who he doesn't want to keep so he's sort of just throwing players on there and be like you know prove that you're good enough to stay at this club um you know the youth will will play their part you know because we're not paying anything for them Mm -hmm. Um, they'll have their time to time to shine but now it's your time to go out and prove that you deserve to be to, to have you know to be on the money that you're on and you deserve to stay in next season yeah, and I suppose maybe a little bit of a factor for, for the youngsters not playing. Obviously, we did see uh, Caleb Taylor, uh, Zach Ashworth later, later on in the game, which was nice. But I suppose a little bit of a factor is their uh, PL Cup run, which they're, they're currently on at the moment. Obviously, they got their final on Friday, I suppose. Maybe that could have come into it, Why that maybe why they didn't get a star. But as you said, yeah, I think Bruce is, is, was kind of trying to... Give them a little bit, especially like the you know the Clark at left back. I suppose he's kind of just trying to see what his versatility is like. I think we found out that although he did play pretty well and obviously grabbed his goal, maybe he's not the the natural left back that, that I think Bruce would have hoped to to stick him in there. But I think he was just trying to sort of suss out a bit of versatility in the squad, trying to work out who who can play where. And I suppose he's just trying to see the the every single option that he's got in this squad in terms of looking forward to the summer and who he can keep, who he can get rid of. And yeah, I think he, he, he's probably found out everything he needs to know about this squad throughout his time. I think he's found out definitely the shortcomings and he's, he's probably found a couple of little, little things that maybe he, he wasn't, he wasn't maybe a bit, he was, he was a bit negative about at first, but perhaps has found a bit of joy in them. And yeah, I suppose um, a, a positive, I guess, is those academy players coming on later on in the game, Zach Ashworth and Caleb Taylor, as we said. I suppose they didn't have much to deal with defensively. Barnsley, uh, you know, looking a, looking a pretty poor side and already already relegated by this point. But it was it was nice to see um, some some academy products uh, give, given a bit of a game. Obviously, not from the start, as we've established, but uh, at least I think Caleb Taylor must have got at least half an hour and Zach Ashworth mm. in about 20 minutes as well. That, I suppose... Um, um, Aaron, you know, it's always nice to see uh, youth youth players coming in and giving a chance. I think that always uh, hits hits a bit nicer than maybe bringing in somebody with with not a lot of collect connection to the club. Yeah, of course, uh, it's 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 you know one of the best feelings as a as a fan to see you know your youth 
youth players coming through who can play a part in the squad. Um, and, you know, we've got such a good academy. You know, we've got players coming through, coming through all the time who look, you know, who look like they can contribute. And and that was a, a factor again yesterday. Caleb, like you said, Caleb Taylor, I thought played really well. Almost, almost got a goal as well from uh, from a corner. Um, Zach Ashworth played his part. You know, didn't have much to do defensively, but they looked really up for it. And that's a big thing that you get from academy players. And, and we, what we've seen from Gardner Hickman this season is they are really up for it. Um, they're going to, you know, they want to impress so that they can, you know, get professional contracts, but also they care about the club. You know, they've been at the club for years and years and years and they, you know, they've earned their chance to to prove themselves. So, you know, I, I hope we do see a bit of youth next season. Of course, it's important to, you know, establish a, like veterans in the squad and people who are, you know, know the championship. But you, know, you need youth in your team if you're going to succeed. And it's it's nice to see some some talented ones that you know haven't gone to Villa for once. So, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, yeah, I mean, youth is so important for us. You know, we've you know with Dara O'Shea in the squad, we've got Josh Griffiths coming back off loan, who I think can challenge for. Yeah. The, uh, number one spot potentially next season. You know, we've got a really good academy and we should be, you know, utilising it to, to full effect. Yeah, we, we should. And it, yeah, as you said, it's nice to see some that haven't maybe gone across uh, across to, to Villa Park. And yeah, I think that we've managed to keep quite a, a good a good few players that we can maybe see getting some first team minutes well next season, really, and, and hopefully can play a bigger part in it. And I think maybe Caleb Taylor's a little bit unlucky as 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 we've got so many centre-backs in the squad this season, to not have had a, a few more minutes, because I know that Ishmael was a yeah. big fan of him, and Bruce says that he's the best, uh, the next best youngster to come out, which I suppose is a bit unfortunate for him, because he's probably at times, well, at, at one point this season before the centre-back injuries, he was probably about seventh choice, which was quite, quite must have been quite frustrating for him. But I suppose he'll be glad to get some minutes, and he'll be glad to... to well, I suppose see the back of a few of the centre backs maybe in front of him throughout the summer and maybe clear a bit of a pathway for him in the first team as well. But a man that I suppose I have been a little bit critical of on the podcast, I suppose, is Carlan Grant, who grabbed a double yesterday. Uh, that's 18 goals for the season for him as well, his second highest tally in his career. Um, it was a good camp, it's been a pretty decent campaign for him in terms of goal scoring, but I suppose he could have had a couple more really when we think about it missing the penalty and he also rounded the goalkeeper hitting the post um what's your assessment been of, of him this campaign Aaron uh, do you think that the goals have, have kind of done enough to to warrant him well I think he would definitely should be here next season but do you think it's it's done enough to kind of warrant him being in the plans for, for next year yeah I think um I think he'll be in the plans for sure um it's a strange one with with Grant because you know he's he's not played well this season. You know he's not mm. he's not really don't he's not played well at all. But he's still got an impressive amount of goals. You know, and without his you know without his goals, you know where would we be? Is um, I think the next most is Robinson on about six or seven. You know, which is pitiful. You know, there's no goals in this squad. You know, he's sort of the only one who brings goals at the moment. So we, I guess we, we have to thank him for that. Um, I thought he was good yesterday. He, he, he was really up for it. Um, it's just interesting, interesting to see where he sort of lies next season, because I think from reading, you know, reading what a few of the journalists think, and they, they sort of say that DK is sort of the man 
you know, that we want to go for, you know, we want to put a focal point on him um, going forward. So, you know, does that take Grant out of the team? Does that push him out wide or, or, you know, where does that leave Carlin Grant? Because I think he's done enough to deserve, you know, a chance at staying in the starting 11 sort of thing. Um, but at the same time, I'm not sure how effective he is on the wing or yeah. sort of playing behind a striker. I don't know if he has the the technical ability to do that. Um, I think he's a great finisher. You know, he's by far the best finisher at the club at the moment. Um, but, you know, he can't, can he bring a ball down and hold a man off and place someone in? Or can he put a good ball into the box? You know, I don't think so. Um, but like I said, you know, he's, he's put a shift in this season. I think some of the criticism of him has been a little bit unfair, but at the same time, you know, he's not that great a player. Um, but, you know, like I say, he's, you know, he's saved us a few times this season with his goals. So I think he, I think he deserves, he deserves a chance next season and, and going forward because he's still a young man. He's only 24, I think. Um, and, he, you know, he can give this team, you know, a, sharp, a sort of lethal finisher in the box, but, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with him and DK, if they're going to try and play him together, if they're going to try and, if Bruce is going to try and play one or the other. Yeah, I'm just interested to see what he does with it, really. Yeah, me too. I think, obviously, I, I do, I, Grant's goals have been massive for us, really. You think about the games, not just, obviously, that he's scored in, but the ones that he's scored in, they tend to be ones that are single goal margins. I mean, you look back to, I suppose, the purple patch that he had throughout uh, October, November sort of time, where, he scored, I think, the winning goal against Hull, scored the winning goal against Birmingham City, scored both goals against QPR. There's quite a few games there that hung in the balance, but but his goals have kind of helped us out. And obviously the the, the Reading game the other day was, was another example of that. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him paired with, with DK. I think Bruce is a bit of a fan of the 4-2-3-1 the, the with, with, a, with a winger either side of the striker. So maybe Grant could be kind of a bit more of an inside forward like he started the season. But... As you said, I'm not sure how effective he'd be as a, a winger, really coming in, off, you know, coming in off the off the touchline and, and putting in um, a cross and, and stuff like that. I'm not sure how effective he'd be at that, but he's quite nice mm. when he's kind of hiding out on the kind of inside of the edge of the box, just just sort of off the left hand side. That's where, that's where quite a few of his goals have come from. So maybe he'd be a bit more effective there. But I can I can certainly see him see him doing a job uh, up front with DK if if that's the way that he is to go forward. But yeah, it'll be interested to see what Steve Bruce does with that. But another player, Aaron, that impressed, uh, as we alluded to earlier on, was was Grady Dean Garner. He looked, I suppose, close to close to the, the the player that we'd seen before. He looked like a lot of the team, I think, full of confidence and some good some some good moves with with the ball. Took took his man on quite a few times and, and nearly grabbed a goal himself. I think he just shaved the post. Uh, yeah, I'm really pleased with with his performance and gave me a little bit of confidence that, as you said, with with the right players around him, maybe he could he could look a little bit better next season and and look closer to the player that 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 you know, along with Pereira, got us promoted last season. What what did you make of his performance? Yeah, I was I was glad he started actually because I thought I thought Bruce might drop him in place of Robinson um, for for the game so I'm, I'm glad he did start um in the end because you know he thought, like you said it was a, it was a chance for him against you know what was in no disrespect to to Barnsley against a really really weak Barnsley side 
a chance for him to sort of try a few things and you know just play just play with a bit of freedom a bit of confidence you know take a few people on like like, like we know he can do you know do a couple of roulettes and a few <laughs> just a few uh, a few tricks and you know it, it was nice to see him playing like that again because like you say he's yeah, I don't know what what it is about Dean Garner, but he just he just has he's had you know a bit of a catastrophic season, and he's and he's looked like he doesn't want to be be here at times, which is disappointing um, because I know he, you know he felt like he deserved his chance at West Ham. Yeah, you know, he wanted to play for West Ham. He didn't really want really want to play for us, um, mm-hmm. and in in a way he's he's a bit unlucky that. You know, West Ham's West Ham have sold him and then gone on to be really good. So I'm sure, you know, in my in my mind, I think he's still a bit upset about that, a bit hurt at being sold to us instead of given a chance with West Ham in the Premier League. Um, but at the same time, you know, that was a long time ago now, and you know, we really want to see him back to to what he can do. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, next next season is really make or break for him because. If if he if he doesn't you know he, if he doesn't do well again if he gets one goal all season like he has this season then you know he's probably he's probably done with the club and he's probably not not interested with the club anymore but if if we see him play like like we did yesterday you know he's got a bit of confidence got a bit of got a bit about him because we know he can play like that and we know we know he's got goals we know he can contribute like he's got end product but. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm worried uh, that 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 player is gone. But like mm-hmm. I said, like we said yesterday, was was a nice little reminder of what he can do. And I just really hope that you know he has a good off season, has a good preseason, and you know he can he can connect with the players and that he gets he gets a good run out on the wing mm-hmm. uh, on the left on the left side where you know he's more more comfortable. I think if we just give him give him the chance to play exactly where he wants in exactly the system that he wants and see what he can do because he is he is that good a player you know he's he's a player that you can sort of build around obviously we haven't seen that this season but yeah I'm just I'm excited to see what he can do next season but at the same time I think it is very make or break for him yeah I'm I'm a bit worried because I think he's one of those players I don't know about you that you just want to keep giving the chances to you you, you want to yeah. persevere because obviously you've seen that well, more than a glimmer, really, of what he can do in that first season on loan with us. And you kind of want to keep sort of giving him the chance and giving him the chance. But I suppose there will come a point, and I really want to see the best from him, but I suppose there does come a point, as you said, next season is probably make or break for him. And it does. there, goes, there will come a point where you kind of say, right, is he going to ever discover, rediscover that form? If not, maybe he's not He's not going to be the one for us. But I think one of the big mm-hmm. factors in this is probably that we're, we're, we're still paying for him. I think that's probably quite a big factor in in whether we keep or sell him at, at some point over the next couple of seasons. But uh, yeah, I think you give him, I agree with you, Aaron, you, you, you sort of keep him in that... Um, keep him in that winger, left winger role, you play him exactly how he, how you want to play because he's that good that you, you can you can afford to do that because mm. if you give him the space and you give him the time and, and freedom and hopefully he gets that confidence, you, he, he can be the player that, that, that turns the team around really. And I hope that with DK coming back, maybe somebody a little more creative behind him as well, that he he kind of starts to rediscover that form, but yeah, I think yeah, you exactly. do have to, yeah we have to consider Pereira's not with him anymore. I suppose that they were such a big duo together. I'm sure 
lots of Albion fans are probably shedding a tear at the thought of, <laughs> you know, you know, that the thought of that that was our sort of main talisman pair uh, that season. But, you know, it's not been like that for Dean Garner this season. He's kind of been expected to be the sole creator, the guy who who, who does all the the tricks and flicks himself. And I suppose Ishmael's system doesn't re- didn't really allow for that. It didn't really allow yeah. for somebody to kind of you know be a bit of a I'm not going to say a luxury, but kind of be the creative force and and pick up the ball and and kind of have not a lot of dis- defensive responsibility. Whereas you know he was kind of trying to cobble everybody into this system. And I don't think Bruce will be like that. I hope that Bruce will kind of unlock Dean Garner and. and and kind of let him let him let him flourish really let him have a bit of freedom so fingers crossed we see a bit more more of Dean Garner yeah, but I think we do have to consider again that it was a very poor Barnsley side I think that was practically a lot of well I think over I think only Corley Woodrow up front was was over the age of 23 or something like that I think I heard yeah, that stat yesterday it's, it's, which it's was ridiculous yeah which was which was a bit of a shame because obviously we'd like to see us put in that sort of performance against a, a, a pretty decent championship side but can't help mm. but think that maybe we've contributed a little bit to, to Barnsley being um, yeah, poorer than they have been. Well, poorer, definitely poorer than they were last season because that, that oh, season yeah. was amazing. But taking Ishmael off them and, and Alex Mowat, who I don't think either of them have quite worked. Well, Ishmael definitely didn't, but I don't think Mowat's quite worked for no, us no. yet. But I can't help but feel, Aaron, that, that we've, we've played a little bit of a part in, in them, uh, them finishing where they have in the league. Yeah, it's sort of... It's sort of um... It's sort of a situation where it didn't work out for anyone. It, it sort of blew up in everyone's faces. Yeah. Um, because thinking about it, you know, I was I was happy with this mail when he came in. I thought, you know, wow, he's done he's done an insane job at Barnsley. Mm. Got them to finish fifth in the league with the squad they have. You know, that's that's outrageous. Um, but at the same time, they had a very distinct way of playing, and and. You know, they would just they would hit teams on the counter. They would, you know, play his metal ball, and that's, you know, that sort of system. Thinking about it, you know, we should have thought, you know, because obviously he wasn't the first choice as manager. I think he was mm-hmm. probably third or fourth choice. Um, we kept getting sort of turned down in the end, um, but his style of play really didn't fit us, and we should have known really that it wouldn't fit us because we've not got particularly hard-working players. Mm-hmm. We've not got players who work, like, work really well out of possession. Um, yeah, we've not got players who are going to throw themselves in front of every ball. And I think he got frustrated with that and the players didn't respond to that really well. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel sorry for Barnsley. Um, you know, not, not got the, the biggest budget in the world, obviously. Very, very thin squad as well. I had to rely on some lone players, mm-hmm. and then there's the then there's the Moet situation as well. Who, as a player who started the season so well, scored a couple of absolute worldies, and uh, you know, great moments. Probably the couple of some of the best moments of the season that he's given us. But at the same time, yeah, he's been he's been really really poor since then. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I just I think he. He lost, you know, he lost a lot of confidence as well. You know, as soon as we started playing poorly and Ismail leaving, you know, it's it's got to be quite, it's got to be a bit of a confidence breaker for you to have the manager that you know you know really well and the manager that you know was insistent on bringing you in, mm-hmm. and for him to be to be kicked out and then of course he got some backlash from 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 the fan base. Not saying that that's undeserved or anything because he wasn't good enough, but. Yeah, he's a strange one. I don't, I don't know 
you know how much a bit how much a part he'll play next season. I'm not sure how much Bruce rates him. Um, I think going forward, uh, sort of the plan might be to play to bring in a more creative midfielder, someone who can do a little bit more, who can unlock unlock a defence, and then play him next to uh, Malumbi potentially. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how much that leaves for uh, for Alex Murray really. Yeah, neither. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I can see really a clear path for him in the first team next season. I, as you said, I, I really don't know whether Bruce rates him. Has he been playing him because he kind of has to? Because there's a limited amount of options in that midfield. I suppose yeah. he probably has been, but whether he actually rates him, I suppose will be down to next season and to see whether he brings in you know a couple of new midfielders to to replace him. And I suppose the summer's going to be big for for, for Albion. Aaron, you know, it's, it's it's massive. Really, they have to kind of get it right now. Um, one of the, the conundrums is is Matt Clark, who we mentioned probably isn't uh, starting left back uh, for anybody really. And but overall this season, uh, supporters player of the season as well um, named this week, which which was quite nice for him as a, as a loan player to come in and, and get that. Um, he's he's kind of well, obviously Malumbi signing permanently. He's the only loan player that that's left really to to, to take a look at for next season. He bagged his mm. first Albion goal on, in, in what could be his last appearance for, for the club. Would, would you like to see him stay? Or do you think, I've seen quite a few people say that we've, we've, well, we have got too many centre-backs at the club. Is, 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 is it probably not an area that you'd, you'd like to see improve? What do you, what do you think about him? Um, you know, with Matt Clark, you know, he's been arguably our most consistent player this season. And it's, it's very peculiar for a lone player to win player, like supporters player of the season. I think it does say a lot about the other players, the fact that <laughs> he's, won, he's won it. Um, I think when I was voting, I, I voted for Gardner Hickman in the end, um, but it was sort of between him and uh, him and Clark. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. I, looking down the list, there was no one that I really wanted to vote for, which is quite sad. But, uh, but yeah, Clark, I think if we can get him for a decent price, you know, so similar price to what we got Malumbi for, I think it's worth, I think it's certainly mm-hmm. definitely worth keeping him around if we can, if we can do that. Cause he's, he, you know, he's, um, I don't think Brighton particularly rate him. Um, he's probably not a Premier League level centre-back, but like I said, he's probably been our most consistent player, you know, left-footed centre-back. And then with Bartley, Bartley getting on, you know, who knows if he'll be at the club next season. Um, I think he is definitely an option worth exploring um, because he's a decent player. You know, he's a good championship level player. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, you, you know, we've got centre backs every, everywhere at the moment. This is <laughs> the only position that we're really deep at. Um, and I think, but at the same time, I think we're going to lose a lot of centre backs. Mm-hmm. Um, over the summer, um, so yeah, I, I, I definitely bring him in if if the price is right, and because we're not going to be paying millions for anyone this in this uh, this transfer window. So if we can get him on the cheap, I think it, it's definitely worth doing. Yeah, I, I quite like him. I think I've I've enjoyed. Uh, I don't think I can say this about many Albion players. I've enjoyed watching Matt Clark this season. At times, I think he had that spell where. I think he just come back from from having COVID as a lot of the defenders did. And I think he looked a bit shaky when he came back. And I think he yeah. had a few mistakes and we kind of saw maybe why Brighton are a bit sceptical to, to give him that chance in, in their team. But overall, as you said, most consistent player this season. Player of the season was a bit of a conundrum for me. I, I went for Gardner Hickman as well, to be honest. Um, I'm disappointed maybe not to see an Andy Carroll option in there. I think a lot of fans <laughs> were maybe just... Uh, 
give him a send off. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see Matt Clark stay. As you said, if we can get him on a good deal, I can see quite well. I can see maybe at least three of the centre backs that the club leave in this summer because I think Bruce is quite determined to play a four. So I don't think needing you, mm. you'll need seven centre backs in the squad to do that. But yeah, I think Matt Clark, if you can get the the price right, I think he's he's, he's I think I actually think he's a really good footballer rather than kind of a defender. I think we saw yesterday a little bit. Uh, of what he can do on the ball, maybe not off it, maybe in those wide channels where, as you said, he did get turned around a couple of times by by some of the younger Barnsley players. But yeah, I think definitely the the price, if the price is right for Matt Clark, I, I would I would definitely be going in for him. He's only got a year left on on his Brighton deal, and he's never played a, a game for them uh, competitively. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're fans of him, as you said. So yeah, for me, Matt Clark's a a must sign. Um, but. Yeah, I haven't written this in the podcast notes, Aaron, so I'm going a little bit off track here, but Andy Carroll has just kind of sprung to mind when I was thinking about the Player of the Season awards. We haven't done a podcast since it's kind of been revealed that he's leaving the club. Um, what have you made of, of him him coming into the side? Because I think we can all agree that his application has been uh, has shown up quite a, quite a large amount of the, the playing squad since he's come in, but reports of him wanting... Twenty thousand pounds a week is is quite extortionate for for, yeah. for a guy who's about to turn thirty four. Uh, what do you make of the decision that that Bruce has made to to let him go? He, I think, another one of the points he made was was him dominating the play style as well. I think I think it's um it's one that he sort of forced our hand. You know, we're not paying twenty grand a week for a, a striker turning thirty four who's almost certainly going to have at least one major injury um, every season. And that's that's not a knock on, that's not a, a dig at Andy Carroll because, you know, I think this, as fans, we were so, you know, we're so starved. We were so starved this season of a player who showed a bit of passion and showed a bit of fight, mm. and that's why we took to him so well. You know, I was I was just saying, you know, I thought, you know, Andy Carroll, I think, you know, came in and you know immediately sort of was fighting for everything. You know, he was winning. If, hundred headers a game like he was he was just play, he was just like he was dominating in the air you know he, he gives us that gives us that bit of bite and he gives us that option um mm-hmm. but at the same time like no one's gonna pay 20 grand a week for for Andy Carroll sort of thing if he was a bit younger and if he wasn't so injury prone maybe yeah. but you know with the club already having a big wage bill um and you know, already saying that you know we don't have we don't have that much money to spend on players, and that we've made poor financial decisions in the past couple of years. Um, yeah, there was no way we were going to pay that in the end. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think actually, you might struggle to find another club willing to pay that kind of money for him because, as you said, it's mm. a big risk. He's been playing. I think he was on a grand a week at Reading, and and not much more really with us. So. I think I think it's a big risk for any club to take. You know, even I, I thought you know maybe some mid-table championship options would would be after him, but I, I can't see many going for that as as a as a real risk. That's a real risk for for a player player of his age and injury record as well. I know he's kind of proved himself for the half a season he's been with us. I think he's only missed a game for injury, but I just do feel like there, there's an injury. There's injuries in there, isn't there? Of course, as we've seen, mm. but I think it's a big risk for any club to take. So I, I I've got a feeling that we might could. We, we could potentially see him uh, some, somewhere down the line at another championship club, but I think that will only happen yeah. if he obviously reduces his his demands. But I suppose he kind of looks at the squad and he probably points a few of them out and goes, look what he's on, look what he's on, look what he's on, and goes, oh, I've, for sure. you know, yeah. I've, I've shown the application 
more than they have. So why can't I earn the same amount? And I suppose he's got a point there, but I think we've made mistakes like this in the past where we've brought in players that I think we have a bit too much of a sentimental value in uh, rather than kind of the football and the financial side. So yeah, I, and unfortunately with a, with a heavy heart, it's, it's, it's a shame to see Andy, Andy Carroll go, but I suppose it has to happen really uh, in, in football and to kind of keep ourselves um, from making similar mistakes as we have in the past. But as for players that could come in this summer, I think we've seen four kind of transfer targets uh, from from most of the journalists coming in. John Swift, Jed Wallace, mm. uh, Dara Lenahan and Joe Rothwell, both from Blackburn there, are all targeted. I suppose they're all free transfers because, as you mentioned, we're not we're not going to spend millions on any player this season. But um, do you think any of those might might be of interest to, to, to us, Aaron, next season? Yeah, I think... I think the main the main need that we have is another an, a central midfielder who has got a bit of quality, um, yeah, and who can sort of unlock a defence and play play a vital pass. So it's something we just don't have at the moment. We need someone who can play alongside Malumbi. Malumbi's, you know, he'll bring the energy, he'll bring the, the defensive side, but we need someone alongside him so that. When he wins the ball back, just give it to so and so, and let him sort of dictate the play. And I, you know, with um, with with Blackburn's Rothwell and and John Swift, I think they they both have more goal contributions this season than our entire midfield. So I'm not sure we can go massively wrong with uh, with those two options. Um, as long as, as long as, uh, and they're not, you know, when they're not wanting extortionate wage bills. And mm-hmm. yeah, I sort of thought about this before, uh, was thinking about this a bit yesterday after the game is that maybe they will be, I think they probably will be asking for a little bit of money uh, because they, they're proven, proven championship yeah. players. And, you know, we're not, they're, we're, we're not going to have to pay a transfer fee for them. So obviously their agents are going to be wanting a lot more money because, you know, that's just how it works. You know, if, if if you're on a free, then you're probably going to be making a little bit more money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just based on the fact that the club isn't having to pay a transfer fee. Um, but yeah, the, Lenahan's another one that's that's interesting because he is, you know, the epitome of the solid uh, championship centre-back. Yeah. Um, statistically, I think he's ratings-wise, he's Blackburn's best player. Um I was looking up, uh, looking up on a few ratings websites, just trying to compare the players, and yeah, he's he was he was uh, he was number one, number one at Blackburn. But yeah, he's a he's a good player. But like I said, if we're going to bring him in, we're going to need to lose probably three at least three of our centre backs. Um, yeah, I think I don't I don't think we can go very wrong with all with all of those options. They're all options that. Have proven, proven championship players. I don't think we may be able to sign maximum two, two of them because yeah, this we've got to be very smart about the way we spend our money now. Um, unfortunately, but um, but yeah, I think I think they're all good options. Um, I'd personally be targeting Swift, Swift and Lenahan, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be annoyed at. Um, Having uh, Robert, uh, Ivan Lawrence or Rothwell yeah. as well, I think they're both good players. But I'd, I'd be happy with all with with any of them, to be honest. Same, to be honest. I think <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to 
reinforce the squad as much as we can. And I think those four, I think they're very good championship players, all of them. And I think they all do a very good job. So, yeah, if we can have all four, but I think, as you said, two is probably more realistic. I think you go for all four of them, see who you can get, see what other offers yeah, they've got on the table, see what sort of money they're asking for, which, I, as you said, I think will probably be a bit more than we're kind of expecting to because, you know, they're free and the agents will want a bit more money for that, as you said. But, yeah, I think I don't think you can go wrong with any of them, to be honest. But, Aaron, uh, to, to finish off on a bit of a positive note, obviously the season tickets is another big talking point of, of the week. Uh I think dirt cheap comes to mind um, <laughs> with, with some of, with some of the prices, which is which is outstanding value. I mean, twenty three pounds for an under seventeen season ticket, a pound a game, uh, ninety nine pounds mm. for seventeen to nineteen year olds, and and one hundred ninety nine pounds for twenty to twenty fives, and frozen prices in in all the other adult categories as well, uh, along with the fan zone as well. That's that's been announced. Um, hopefully, this this will bring a nice boost to the attendances at the Hawthorns and. As Ron Gurley, the, the CEO, said, hopefully it bridges that sort of disconnect between the fan base and especially a lot of the younger fans who are, I'm sure won't have been, uh, well, well, might have been deterred by this season. But hopefully these mm-hmm. prices mean that, you know, they can keep coming back and, and the atmosphere is a, a lot better at the Hawthorns as well, because it has been a little bit flat this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the that's that's the thing. I think it's it's really important for them to have done that. And, you know, as well as ending the season with a couple of wins to announce the fact that the season tickets are, are still really cheap. I mean, for under 17s to be to be going for a quid every yeah. quid a game is just outrageous, really. Like, who else is doing that? Really? Like, especially at this level, no one else is is uh, is doing that. And there are a couple of other clubs who who uh, have really cheap season tickets. Uh, Cardiff comes to comes to mind as a as a really good club for for that. But I think pretty much throughout my entire life, West Brom have been brilliant with. Uh, with season tickets, you know, I've we, I've not had to shell out ever really. Yeah. You now I can yeah. get a season ticket for under two hundred quid next season. You know, there's not many other clubs that that offer that. And yeah, it's just really important. Like, there's there's some good people at this club, some really really good people who care about the fans, and this is just the way. To, this is just proof proof of that really. Um, so it's nice to know that you know the fans are being thought about, and that they want to they want to be filling the Hawthorns next season. Because, like you say, some some fans will be deterred, you know, about how terrible this season was. But at the end of the day, you know, football fans are, you know, optimists. We we go and watch our club, and even though sometimes we know we're not that good, you know, you go anyway for you know for the atmosphere and to get behind the lads, and you know, making that as price accessible as possible is is is, is so positive, and you know, I really applaud the club for doing that. Yeah, me too. And hopefully, as you said, this can this can not deter people away. Hopefully, I, I was worried they might put the prices up. I think Villa uh, uh, this week have decided yeah, to Villa's add, are bad. Villa's are really bad. Add like an extra hundred quid onto some of the season tickets, which you know, in 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 this day and age, and you know, with with the the, the cost of living at the moment, it, it it's quite an extortionate price. And you know, consider. You know, lots of Villa fans and Albion fans are, are in the same boat with that sort of thing financially. Exactly, but you know, yeah, you look exactly. at you, you look at Albion and what what they're doing to combat that, and that's a really nice step in the right direction. But I suppose what matters is is what happens on the pitch. But then again, I suppose if we you know if we don't do so well next season, we we've kind of got what we paid for in terms of 
in terms of the season ticket prices. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it'll work out in the end, I'm sure. But hopefully we can see a more positive summer and hopefully a nice uh, a nice little rebuild to take us into next season. And, and I think it will be a, hopefully a very different Albion side that steps out onto the pitch come mm. next season and, and the first game of next season. But it, it, it's, I suppose, more positive times and a more positive end to the season. But Aaron, it's been great having you on the Baggies podcast this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, where can people find a bit more from you and, and, and where can they follow you if, if, if they want to hear a bit more from you? Um, well, it's just, I just guess my Twitter. Um, it's at a flower media. You know, I don't, I don't tweet so much, but when I do, it's usually about something to do with West Brom. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, thank you. For, thank you very much for having me on. I've had a great time talking about, uh, talking about, not maybe not talking about this season, but <laughs> talking about next season um, in a bit more of a positive note. And, and yeah, I just, I just really hope this this club can, you know, return to a bit more positivity and return to a much higher level. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, listeners, you can follow Aaron by the the link in the description. Go and go and check him out and go and give him a follow uh, on Twitter. But yeah, that's the end of this week's Baggies podcast, and I suppose the end of the normal season. There'll be a few episodes throughout the summer that will kind of detail a few of these plans and hopefully maybe a little bit of an end of season review if, if I can stomach that next week maybe but yeah thank you very much for watching this week's episode and we'll see you in the next one goodbye <laughs>